during the Germanic Raunichte, which means in German cold long nights, stories form part of the family gathering. So I would like to take advantage and tell you a true story. How we bonded over thousands of years is definite something very interesting. And the whole history with it from then. Prior to 11,000 years, as many studies showed, couples were formed only for procreation physical survival. Men and women bonded to serve their mutual interests and needs. That meant that women did not belong to any man. Patriarchism was not born yet. Women belonged to their clan, supported by their female network. Hierarchy was, as such, was non-existent. As you know, women gathered the wood for fires, the fruit, the berries, etc. And men, in turn, hunted wild animals, which is shared with the women and children, as well as they gave protection to the tribe. So pairing between men and women were purely sexual and probably not very intimate. Nevertheless, it was a lot of freedom. Women had brothers or lovers, but not a partner, and so they gave birth to many children from the different men. The small children were brought up within the female network because fatherhood did not exist yet. That changed with the era of gatherers and hunters around 11,000 years ago, when humans learned how to grow food and keep livestock. So searching for food was no longer necessary and people started to settle in little villages. However, the concept of property arose and it was first applied to the food and animals, but soon after the concept to protect women and children was included. So the concept of property ownership gave birth to economics and wealth and with it came the question, which wife and children belong to which men? So, here we arrived at the second version of couplehood, arranged marriage. And as we know, it had nothing to do with romantics, nor attractions, nor personal needs or mature love. It was just purely based on social status and economic security as well as political matters. And there was no attention given on the quality of relationships, no feelings. Instead, the couple was expected to honor family values and social etiquette. And if one of them would not adhere to these rules, well, punishment was in place, of course. So their tools for analysis, empathy and understanding were not invented yet. Welcome patriarchism. Unfortunately, this era had a tremendous negative impact on the female collective consciousness, as we know. They were pulled away from their freedom how to live, nourish themselves and their children, how to grow and embrace their own power. They lost their female network, support in which they felt safe, valued and empowered. In the arranged marriages, women were literally handed over to the family of their husbands, where they did not only lose their network of love and support, their status, but they also had to bow and endure to the rules of the eldest female in the household. 
In the family house of the husband, she was nobody. Competition, suppression and abuse dominated. In the 18th century, with the rise of democracy and free, personal freedom, humanity created another kind of bonding, the romantic marriage. Freedom to choose gave way to personal and psychological marriage. However, as Sigmund Freud did, discovered in the late 19th century, the choice of a partner, if it's romantic, it's influenced by our unconscious minds more than our rational preferences. And that meant that we unconsciously choose a person who is incredible similar to the ones of our caretakers. By now, I believe that we all have discovered that un any unhealed or unconscious woundings of our with our parents, better to say, will sure be played out by the one we most love, our partner. With the changes of laws, explosion of population in the 50s, the dissatisfaction in marriage was resolved with divorce. However, marriage counseling and therapy was created. The focus on negotiation, conflict resolution and problem solving was very helpful to many couples. But the divorce rate, having reached 50%, has been staying steady for the past 60 years. The reason, as they covered now for the last 20 years, is the focus on the needs of the individual which of course is very, very important to know one's own needs. However, if the partnership is based on the assumption the other has to fulfill my need, it will continue to fail. I am not the only one who believes the focus needs to shift from the self and personal need satisfaction to how to be in an intimate relationship. And seeing the relationship as a third aspect. Yes, there is you. Yes, there is me. And there is our relationship, which needs to be attended to. And thankfully, in the past 20 years, it has helped to create another way of union, whatever gender, which we refer to and I refer to as conscious relationship. The commitment here is to the needs of the relationship, that third aspect of us. It is not about you. It's not about me, but about the relationship itself, a container for which we both are responsible for and committed to. When we both make our relationship primary, and I, I stress the word relationship, and our needs secondary, only then we can we actually create this paradoxical, incredible effect to get our needs met in ways they could never be met if you make your own needs primary. In my coaching, I focus not on healing the, not on healing the traumatized child or its core woundings, but to empower the healthy one in yourself, which is self-aware and accountable for its own emotions and actions. If two people are reliable, empathic and sustainable present with each other, I repeat, sustainable present with each other, 
it creates a new emotional self-environment, where in the end the loving presence replaces all toxic behaviors and creates a container of joy and connection. And that joy and connection reaches out further, outside of the relationship, supporting others, creating community. May 2021 bring even more awareness in love.